learn about the newest digital pathology trends in science and industry, meet the most interesting people in the niche, and gain insights relevant to your own projects. Here is where pathology meets computer science. You are listening to the Digital Pathology Podcast with your host, Dr. Alexandra Zhurov. Hello, Gabe. It's so nice to have you on the podcast. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. So tell the listeners first uh, something about yourself. About myself? Well, I'm a young guy, 39 years old, just had my birthday. And Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when was it? Thank you. August 22nd. Oh, okay. Happy birthday again. Yeah, I have, uh, I have another year until, until I'm supposed to start feeling uh, older. But No, it doesn't work that way anymore. No, no, it doesn't work that way anymore. They say 40 <laughs> is the new 30, and then <laughs> probably in 10 years they're going to say 50 is the new 30, so no worries. It just doesn't work like that anymore. That's good to know. Okay, feeling comforted. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm the CEO and founder of Augmentix. We've uh, been around for a few years now. I started the company in uh, 2016. The background before starting the company was uh, marketing, marketing uh, medical device. Mm-hmm. And there have been a number of different fields which, which I was involved in, whether it's like medical aesthetics or actually more like um, maybe like invasive technologies. With the last uh, company that I was working at prior to starting Augmentix being a digital pathology company. Mm-hmm. And it was the experience being there and getting to know a little bit about the field that brought me to the idea of Augmentix and eventual, eventual founding of the company. Okay, great. So tell us about the company a little bit. So we are a a young company. We are, have a, seven seven employees right now, mm-hmm. and we we had like a, a really interesting beginning of because and this this really ties into uh, the, the role that I had in the prior company, which I, w- I was a marketing manager and trying to introduce the, this company's digital pathology technology to the market, and. We'd go to trade shows or be in different labs, pathology labs, and the response, which was received by pathologists when seeing this other technology, were things along the lines of, well, in 90% of instances, I don't need you, and 10%, I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, like, if we were to talk with pathologists about maybe having a beta site, just like, please take the the technology and let's uh, let's do some uh, testing on it, just use it without, without any cost. There'd generally be like a, sort of like a pushback even to that, and as in like no, don't don't place it here. We're we're not going to use it. it. It's not of interest, and that's that's very disheartening to to someone in marketing to to hear those types of comments, and that just led me to to think not only about the particular technology of where where I was working uh, prior to Augmentix, but digital pathology as a whole. Is, is digital pathology really fitting the needs of the, of the pathologist? Or, or to say it differently, is digital pathology, is the problem with digital pathology that it doesn't fit the workflow of the pathologist? And, and is that the reason that they're not interested in, uh, in adapting this, these technologies? Mm-hmm. It was 
it was that premise that, that led me to, to the idea of Augmentics, which was let's develop a technology, a digital pathology that fits the workflow of the pathologist. And this was back prior to FDA um, approving primary diagnosis via whole slide imaging. And it was still the, the diagnosis had to be done on the, on the microscope. And that was 2017 when the first got the approval. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, right. So Augmentics, we, we started the company in 2016, but even before starting the company, when it was just an idea, it was how do we integrate digital pathology within the, within the microscope? We need the, we need the, the microscope for the, for, make, for the primary diagnosis, but there's still a lot of value that can be done with uh, integrating, let's say, computer-assisted diagnosis uh, with allowing the pathologist to make a, guess a more accurate or, or quantitative analysis of different samples. Uh, so that was that was the idea to to integrate the the ability for for patholo- uh, digital pathology within the workflow within the microscope, and with that the, the idea started to roll until until the company was formed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, where are you located, and where do you offer your products? So the, right now we well the com- I'll stay, start from the beginning. The company was founded in Israel. Mm-hmm. Israel's a amazing place where it's a it's a small geographic area. So the 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 all the 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 right people with the backgrounds who are, are very diverse for for any type of company are all within a very close radius, a geographic radius of uh, of each other. So. It's very a company like ours, which is a combination of both software and electro optics. We was very was very fortunate to find to find like people with these different backgrounds and, and like very close to each other, mm-hmm. and to be able to to start the company with them. But uh, to date, we we also have offices in Rochester, New York. Okay. It is said that Tel Aviv is being the, the Silicon Valley of the old continent. There are many, many, like you say, tech startups, uh, high tech companies, uh, booming there at the moment. That's right. It, it's unbelievable. You, sometimes it feels like it's, it's, it's the anomaly to meet someone who doesn't have a startup. <laughs> Everywhere you go, everyone has a startup. Yeah, it's a it's a very exciting uh, atmosphere. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of innovation, always looking to to improve upon things. And with uh, I guess overall the the um, would be the word the um to mind, but the overall feel, the overall vibe of the of the country here so it's one of innovation and so people are very open to, to startups and makes it easier to, to get things off the ground i definitely want to visit i didn't know that before i started my blog which was the beginning of this year 2019 and then i got in touch with different people doing digital pathology in different forms and variation and i'm like from Israel, another one from Israel, and then I <laughs> learned that, that there is a lot going on in Israel. Uh, it's unbelievable. I, I was at the the last um, ASCAP show, and I, I couldn't believe how many Israeli companies were represented there. It was wow. it was shocking. Well, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
And what yes, about so, the product? Okay. So location is Israel and the U.S. at the moment. And what about the products? Where do you offer them? Everywhere. We have uh, products uh, placed in uh, Asia, Europe, uh, North America. And we're hoping to even have a product placed in Africa. Oh, wow. Okay. So definitely worldwide. So what is the mission of Augmentics? And why is this mission important for you? Tell me about this a little bit. Okay. So going back to, to the reason for why Augmentics was, was founded, it comes down to, to workflow, to improve the workflow for the pathologist, to allow them, whether it's to work faster or to reach a better diagnosis, and to do this in a method which is cost-effective and mm -hmm. um, really bring clinical, both clinical and, and I guess, uh, economic value to, to the lab. So that, that's the overall mission. It's to, it can be called just, it's, when, I, when I, I would even say, when describing the product, how, how we describe the product, well, we're like a low-cost platform for multi-directional communication between the microscope and the PC. We mm -hmm. have a microscope, which is, it's, a, it's essentially an analog technology, right? It, it's glass and light. And then you have pathology, which is arguably the most subjective science. So mm -hmm. you have, we, have, we have a device which you can't put in or, or take out information, combined with the fact that what one pathologist sees is almost by, you could almost be like guaranteed that another pathologist will not see the same thing. True. And, <laughs> yes. We have a really funny story with that. I'll get back to it after I finish this. So okay. The, the, the mission of, of the company, it's, it's to, to offer a low-cost solution for, for digitizing the microscope workflow. And, and that's, that's the idea. It's to, to put a system into the existing microscope, to integrate with, within the microscope, and while not in any way changing the optical quality of the microscope or the functionality of the, of the instrument, now allowing a complete range of, uh, of digital uh, tool sets with, uh, within the old microscope, which was sitting on every pathologist's desk. Mm -hmm. You said that uh, when you were uh, working in the digital pathology space before founding this company, that you had a lot of resistance to the classical digital pathology platform. Do you find that there is less right now or there is no such big difference? Well, in, for our company, I, I would say that there isn't resistance to the technology, but there is resistance to any type of change or mm -hmm. meaning, meaning when, when showing our technology to pathologists, we, I, I'm not receiving the same feedback mm -hmm. uh, that, that as was what was received what prior. I, was I, I would even say the opposite, about... right? Mm -hmm. I would even say the opposite. There's, there's generally like overall uh, across the board excitement with uh, generally like complete understanding of why this would be of value to, to the pathologist. Uh, but that, that's still a pretty far step from, uh, from sale and, uh, mm -hmm. and integration in any pathology lab. Okay. So now, well, the integration is probably always the, the most challenging part, but mm -hmm. one hurdle overcome. <laughs> that's a lot in the pathology world. Uh, I mentioned that we, that we had a funny story. Yes, this yes, was, tell the story. So in one of the the first trade shows that we went to, it's actually, I believe it was the STP event, and we're there in a, in a room. Before the actual exhibition starts, there's a, like a get-together of the pathologist, and they would put a picture of a lesion or tissue on the wall, and then the pathologist would vote as to what the definition of the lesion is. 
And so I don't remember if like we sort of snuck into the room or exactly what the story was, but we were there and we're looking at the, at this event take place and the pictures on the wall. And now there's six different possible answers as to what could be the definition or the right, the right definition to, to what's being presented. And there was almost like sort of like a, an even distribution among a, a room full of pathologists as to what the, what the definition of, the, of this lesion is. Now, it, tur- it turned out at the end that there were two correct, possible correct answers. Okay. And, but, but still, like, you're looking at this, at this distribution, and then like, you realize, like, oh my, 50% of this room would, I guess, be incorrect as to how they, they defined what they're looking at. So it, it, that just it really um, goes to show how subjective pathology is it and is. That's why there is there are two more boards for cases like this. You get more people to to consider all the aspects to vote, and then you usually uh, do not have a unanimous vote. That's right. That's a that's a very interesting. But that's aspect pathology. pathology. Yes, and that's pathology definitely. And and that, and that but it, but it is that aspect of pathology that really played a, a major role in, in the development of our product in that while I, I guess I would even say like while we initially the initial idea for the product was augmented reality of the microscope eye piece the ability to display computer assisted diagnosis within the microscope think like Google Glass for microscopes while looking at a, let's say an IHC sample to be able to, to run computer assisted diagnosis and to see the actual um, segmentation or, or percentage or counting within the eyepiece as a digital overlay mm-hmm. um, on top of the optical plane. However, once we were seeing scenes like this and, and talking with more and more pathologists, we sort of reached uh, an understanding that you know, maybe what pathologists need more than any type of objective uh, quantitative tool is more the ability to to communicate and interact in real time because the subjective nature of the uh, of the work makes uh, collaboration and communication apparently much more uh, valuable to a pathologist than uh, than uh, to other professions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Generally, work in teams. Yeah, you may be right. I mean, there you need a special setup for collaboration. Like you say, this is not the part of the workflow. If it was, maybe that would help um, for whatever it could help, like consultation with somebody who has more experience, whatever mm-hmm. uh, would be possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Especially like where some of the use case for the product today, we'll get into it a little bit later more, is let's say a frozen section where the pathologist on call just is not an expert in that particular uh, type of tissue. And now mm-hmm. the ability to, to consult in real time and to, to get an answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What went wrong that set you up for success? What did go wrong at the beginning that you don't do anymore? Um, but what uh, helped you come up with some solution that is now in use? <laughs> If you have something like that, maybe everything went smooth. I mean, I wish you that everything yeah, right. goes smooth. <laughs> but usually it doesn't, regardless of yeah. what you do. So that's why I'm asking. 
it's not that it usually doesn't it never does <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing goes <laughs> um yeah we we were were younger and um more naive when we first started the company and we were under the impression that this is just the greatest thing ever what we've done and it's just such an, a, a no-brainer that we'll reach sales immediately and everyone will be <laughs> wanting our <laughs> just we won't be able to keep up with the man okay <laughs> but uh yeah it, it doesn't actually uh it doesn't work like that there's um a lot of things that go into uh, moving from having a, a nice concept and even a nice technology or a great technology that that really works well but actually to make to making a product that that really it, it needed it has to be a complete answer to whether it's from like the business side, the sales side, the marketing side, uh, technology side, to to really um, to succeed in, in any field, and especially especially here in digital technology, where mm-hmm. it is a conservative field and take up the, the take up rate of of the new technologies is uh, probably slower than let's say the technology sector in you know, Silicon Valley. So. So yeah, it's uh, it, there's a lot that goes into uh, into making the company and, and the product, uh, getting it to a point where we'll be uh, adapted by by pathologists, and uh, we've had we've had a, a pretty nice uh, learning curve mm-hmm. uh, in in that respect. But we were we were sort of it it wasn't only that okay that we were close to the product. And we were thinking, you know, this is this is great. It, it works. The, the initial feedback from pathologists looking at this, even at like the first shows, is very very positive. Like pathologists would see the product. They we heard things from from very very well respected pathologists, such as, "Wow, this is the greatest thing ever. This is amazing." <laughs> and but then to go from there to to, to anything of substance uh, is uh, is uh, well. Another step that you have to work on. That didn't happen, right? <laughs> they will. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, when the value is recognized, and the change management is difficult, probably in the, in every professional group, so it may take some time. Okay, yeah. so maybe a little bit more technical details about the product. What is your product? What do you offer? Offer, and okay. who is your uh, target customer. So Augmentix, to start, Augmentix is is a it's a combined hardware and software solution. the The hardware is it's an electro optical module, and what it does is it is integrated into the existing microscope, and it, and it could be any existing mic, any Infinity corrected microscope. It doesn't make a difference which brand: uh, Olympus, Nikon, uh, Leica. The Just one the, one question. Well. Uh, Electro optical module is a camera, right? Well, it's or more than it's a camera. Di- mm-hmm. Okay, it's more than, it's I more let than you, a camera. I let you speak, but okay, more than a camera. We we could call it we could call it a box. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a box which is placed inside the existing microscope, mm-hmm. and at, at the very at its very basic um, level, it doesn't change the optical quality of the microscope. So it was, I guess, first just like a quick uh, intro uh, explanation as to how it's integrated. The the eyepiece, the oculars of the microscope is taken off. It the our system is placed 
underneath, you know, above above the nose piece, and then the ocular is placed back on top of the system. So the ocular closes in, the eyepiece closes in the system on top of the microscope. Mm-hmm. So I will put the picture in the in the um, show notes later. Excellent. So what's happening in terms of the the optics is the light from the microscope continues to go up to the the eyepiece, the eyepieces of the of the of the microscope in in the same in the same way as before. There's no change to optical quality. What what is happening is a portion of the light is being taken to a camera. And that camera is connected to to the pathologist's computer. So what the what we're able to do is to take out a live image of the of the region of interest for every magnification, and and, and this is, and this is a live feed. What, mm-hmm. in addition to to the ability to take this information out, we're also putting information into the microscope, and this is being done by way of augmented reality of the optical plane or a projection system that is taking digital information from the computer and projecting it inside the system such that when looking through the eyepiece of the microscope, the pathologist is still seeing the same optical uh, quality of the tissue, but now has the ability to have a, a digital overlay projected on top while looking through the eyepiece and then using the computer mouse be able to make any type of digital uh, information appear inside inside the microscope. So this could be morphometrics, uh, annotations, cell counting, uh, some type of uh, segmentation of, of the color, uh, whatever whatever the pathologist chooses. So, so right now it's really like the multi-directional communication in the sense that we're taking information out but also putting information in. And in addition to that, another aspect of the of the system is the ability to track what is happening on the microscope stage so that would include the ability to know which objective is currently being used with the magnification mm-hmm. and the seeing the slide label and also tracking the XY movement of the slide on the stage. So when you have these three components of the hardware, which is the, the main camera, the augmented reality, and also the ability to track what's going on the, the stage, we have a, a platform similar in concept to Think of a, a smartphone where it's a hardware platform, but now we're able to run any type of software application directly from the microscope because we're connected to the, to the computer. Mm-hmm. And, and then we're able to utilize all three components of the hardware for, for different aspects of the software. So, so for example, one of the, the software applications which, which we have is real-time telepathology. And we have, this is a, a software application which we developed in-house and it's really unique to the, to the particular um, particularities of, of a, a pathology. So, and, and with that, it's, it has many advantages over, let's say, a third act of the camera with a screen sharing application in the sense that it's multi-directional, meaning what is being viewed um, by the, or let's say the remote viewer is seeing what's happening inside the microscope. But because we're able to present information also going back into the microscope, the remote viewer is able to make a, an annotation on their computer screen. And this will be presented back into the eyepiece of the, of the pathologist. So mm-hmm. like, let's say there is a remote expert who's saying, over here is the region of interest and they'll make a, an arrow. That arrow will appear 
be able to direct the the, the pathologist or the user at the microscope where where to look. Mm -hmm. uh, there, we also the the software application itself. One of the, I guess you would think like the issues of of uh, of screen sharing applications is that it's it's a video feed. It's very important to have um, constant constant uh, movement of the of the screen. However, in order to to do that, there's a very heavy compression. Generally, there's a loss, a heavy loss of pixels. So the remote viewers are seeing uh, not necessarily the same image or an image of much lower quality. And our technology really is is, is made for the this aspect of of telepathology, and that an unlimited number of viewers, regardless of internet uh, bandwidth. Are able to see an image of at full resolution, and there's lossless compression for the remote viewer. Mm -hmm. And another aspect is that our camera, as opposed to I guess like a standard third ocular camera, is seeing almost the entire uh, field of view as seen in the microscope uh, eyepiece. Mm -hmm. So when the remote viewers are looking at their screen at the at the digital image, they're seeing almost exactly what's being viewed inside the microscope, as opposed to sort of a coned-in image. Where it's not for sure that both parties are, if the well, if the user at the microscope is using the microscope, it's not for sure that they're going to be really looking at like the, the same or getting the same perspective of what of what's being uh, viewed inside the microscope. So these are all like different aspects of, uh, of telepathology that we, that we took into account when when creating the, 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 this application. But more so than just software applications, which which we've developed as a company. We really see the platform of the hardware as the ability to, to support other software applications. So what we've started doing is, we, well, we have an open API and the ability to take other companies' software and integrate their software directly inside so the pathologist could choose, let's say, uh, it's a quantitative application like uh, QPath or ImageJ to mm -hmm. utilize those algorithms directly inside the microscope. and. Wow. And also, but not just that, not just like sort of like the open source uh, algorithms, but even companies that are doing more proprietary, say, AI, mm -hmm. yeah, we're able to work with them and to support their applications and deploy those applications within the microscope as well. Oh, wow. This is uh, unseen. At least I haven't seen something like that uh, so far. Before mm -hmm. I ask you if you even have any competition, um, you mentioned that you may be having a system in Africa soon. Can you say something more about that? Uh, yeah, we are actually interested in donating a system to a hospital in Africa for telepathology consultations with uh, with a lab in the United States. So we're hoping that the, we're hoping that it works out, and uh, but we're moving forward with it. Oh, wow. I keep my fingers crossed. Um, in one of the previous episodes, uh, I interviewed the founder of XWOW, which is an organization that makes microscopes available to places where there are no microscopes. And I actually mm -hmm. donated my old one. So I keep my fingers crossed for, uh, for your uh, project as well. Uh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be a really nice story to be able to to do like a, a very high level telepathology and also, but it's also like a very cost efficient and to be able to provide that to, to Africa. So that'd be great if it works mm -hmm. out. That would be so cool. 
And do you even have competition? I mean, I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't so, seen such a system uh, targeting these needs that you were just describing. So uh, for me at the moment, it's difficult to say, okay, this company Augmentix is competing with the other company. I don't see, maybe I just right. don't know the market enough, but tell me more about it. So this is a really interesting story. We, uh, let's say it's already a couple years back, I guess 2017. And we, we filed a patent. Mm -hmm. So this is, I guess this is a provisional. And, and then at, at, at the end of the provisional, now it goes to what's called a PCT. So when, and when that happens, there's a, a publication, meaning it, it, the provisional, the, the first submission of, of this provisional is, is hidden. No one is able to, to see what's written. And then when it goes to the PCT stage, it's, it's, uh, it's published and, and other companies are able to, to see what is inside this uh, patent application. Mm -hmm. So this is um, it, on the like a couple days after the the provisional went was published. I noticed that there is a bunch of uh, entries to our website from uh, from the area of San Francisco, Silicon Valley, uh -huh. and following that. There were at the at the trade show in Vancouver, uh, the U.S. Cap show, and some guys from Google come over to the booth to to look at what we're doing, and so we're having having a nice conversation, and they sort of uh, say, you know, what you're offering is makes sense, it's correct, in that. Looks, this goes into like where digital pathology is today, mm -hmm. but Google Google's. A software company, and and they're in, they were interested, or maybe still are interested in artificial intelligence uh, for pathology. But mm -hmm. they realized that they did uh, for, for all they the company did some work on that. Mm -hmm. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. So so they were involved in that. They had a they had a team working on this, and but but there's a realization that for all the different software AI companies which are out there, they they all have the same problem. In that they're hardware dependent. Without without there being a hardware um, platform upon which AI is going to run, the algorithm is of no value. So even even if there's the most amazing algorithm and everything is fantastic and it just could diagnose every possible uh, cancer out there, um, without a platform upon which it's going to run, it, it will never be used. So. Uh, now the issue is okay. We're we look at like the systems like Philips and uh, Aperio. So these are these are large, expensive systems now. And when looking at the mass market of pathology, it, it's very unlikely that uh, unless like these costs go down, and not just the hardware costs, but all the costs involved of whole slide imaging goes down to such a point that every lab, uh, whether it's in India, Brazil, China, or, or the U.S. Could could have these systems um, on site, then the algorithms will never be run. So so basically, this is this is the bottleneck for for artificial intelligence. It, it's having a deployment of hardware. So Google realized that the, Google realized this, and they came to our booth because they were trying to work on the, on the same concept of uh, augmented reality inside the microscope with the ability to deploy artificial intelligence directly inside the microscope. So uh, this was, uh, you can say like going back to who is our competitor, direct competitor? Well, almost Google, 
However, it it's, it appears that that development by by Google might may have been. Uh, I'm not, I haven't heard like any news from them, so I, I'm thinking that they may have stopped the development. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's like the closest competitor in sense of like the, trying to work on the same concept, the same product that, that at least that I'm aware of. In but when looking at like the the bigger picture of uh, com competition for for our company, so then I guess everything that could any other technology which could be used could be a competition in a sense in that there's a limited amount of budget for every for every pathology lab and That's you have to decide true. where you're going to good put your fund. Which is one thing you will not choose the other thing regardless what that is. That's right. And it doesn't even have to do with a, a competition in terms of funds, but just like in terms of bandwidth or uh, new technologies, there's a limit to what uh, people are, are willing to, to learn and integrate and adapt. And if you... If, there's a decision made to, to go on a certain type of technology, then even if that technology turns out to be a complete mistake and it's just going to be collecting dust in the corner, um, that's not going to change that. <laughs> Another technology will not, will, is not going to be integrated because there's no use of the, of the original uh, technology that was taken. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so in that sense, there, there is uh, competition. And then, and then also status quo and education is very, it's very hard to, to make any change, mm -hmm. even, even change that looks uh, very promising. And quick question uh, regarding the platform your system runs on. I know you have the uh, came more than the camera uh, optical electrical unit as the hardware, but um, is there anything else necessary? What about the computational power of the lab computers? So this depends uh, on the on the application which is going to be run by by the system. Mm -hmm. So for basic applications, the the existing PC of the pathologist will be fine. And so our, our system connects to the microscope and is connected to the PC, and then that's it. It'll run applications, whether it's you know, basic quantitative analysis or um, telepathology. It, it should it should run fine. And there are there are basic system operating requirements but, um, mm -hmm. but this isn't like it's no not different it's not than a, a normal lab computer that you exactly have. once once dealing with with artificial intelligence then the story changes because and this goes back to to the problem of of, of uh, adaption of artificial intelligence whether it's on whole slide imaging but even if uh the adaption of uh running artificial intelligence with our system inside the microscope there's going to be issues of well what's the processing power of the computer and mm -hmm. uh, GPU and um, and this will also be a bottleneck for the for the adoption of uh, artificial uh, intelligence even within our system. Mm -hmm. You said at the beginning you have worked in different uh, medical device industries and then you ended up in digital pathology. Why did you stay there? Why digital pathology? What was so different than the other uh, areas in digital pathology that you decided to continue there? Uh, well, the main, the main thing is that, okay, we, we came up with this idea and we really just, it, it's, it, it's, it resonated so, so much that, that there's a need for it then. So there is that being connected to, to an idea, mm -hmm. uh, which, which is personal. But but more than that, I, I think that pathology or, or digital pathology is um, 
there were a lot of promises being made in digital pathology. And, and, and a lot of these were based on, well, and based on a number of things where you could say it's based on the, the success of digital radiology or, or other, other reasons why there was a lot of hype for digital pathology. And, and there's, with that, with any, with any hype, there's generally a lot of groupthink and ideas which are accepted by many aren't necessarily the, the best idea or the, even the correct idea. So I, I think that also sort of fit my personality and that I've always tried to not be a groupthink individual and that to, to think and to uh, look at each situation and um, to reach a to reach a decision on my own, and that, and that really follows through with like life changes, life uh, decisions that I made in terms of like how I got to where I am today. Uh, making decisions was definitely didn't uh, didn't fit the norm, and so that that really fit into to our product. And like looking, and just talk about how there's no competition for mm -hmm. a direct competitor for what we're doing. Uh, reaching an idea which totally breaks the norm for, for where other technologies are at or where the entire industry is at, but still believing that there's, there's a, there's a truth to it, that there's a, there's a need for it. There's, there's value in it and being able to uh, follow through on that uh, conviction. Mm -hmm. I'm happy because I'm a pathologist <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy that you decided to do that. One thing that is very important to me, because I also have the background of having worked in a digital pathology company, but as a pathologist, how do you work with pathologists for developing your products? So we've, we've been fortunate, uh, I guess it, part of the, the benefit and value of, uh, of being a startup, but also being a, a slow initial um, sales uh, uptake of the product and, and adaption is we we value each each client and each customer and we're always looking to improve the product so from from every sale that just about every sale that we've made we've really i would say that, that we've gained a lot more than than in terms of like any value which we've we've actually made given to the product <laughs> getting getting the feedback we've had such such incredible feedback from pathologists to how to improve the system that uh it's almost, I would say that in every software version which is being released today, there's, it's, it comes about from direct feedback from a user saying, hey, it would be really great if you could do this. Do you think it's possible? And then mm -hmm. within, a, within a few days, maximum a week, we'll, uh, we'll have a new software uh, version released which solves or answers that need. So uh -huh. we're, we're very much, uh, the makeup of the company is very much one that uh, listens to the feedback from the pathologist. Mm -hmm. And I, I, think that, I think that's the reason why, um, why we've uh, had initial success. Is when, when we first started the company, hearing pathologists say, you know, the, the most important thing for us is telepathology. And so that's where we put our focus. And right when we had that, the, the solution, immediately reaching, reaching a sale, um, which in itself is is a very interesting story because, like, generally, like I guess a very maybe it's sort of a um, a stereotype, but a very hard country or a very hard place to sell into without a lot of um, proof that it works 
is Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very conservative with uh, with new technologies, especially technologies which are developed uh, outside outside the country, mm-hmm. and let's say even more so in the field of optics, where you have Olympus, Nikon, uh, Hamamatsu. Optics in, in Japan is is make an argument as to where the best is, but it, it's up there in the top uh, two three countries, and here we are with a, a new product that fits inside the microscope. And the first sale that we've had was essentially to a Japanese pathologist wanting to know what's going on with their clinical studies overseas. So it's a selling, selling a telepathology solution to them. And, but this was brought about because listening to pathologists tell us, well, you know, it, the most important thing is telepathology and this is what's necessary or this is how the system should work where it could bring the most value. Mm-hmm. You mentioned AI uh, before. Do you mm-hmm. already incorporate AI, artificial intelligence, in your product? Uh, yes, yes, we do. We started work with a AI uh, company based in India, mm-hmm. and we are about to start our first study dealing with uh, fatty fatty liver mm-hmm. and utilizing AI to to detect and quantify. Uh, the percentage of uh, a fatty liver in the tissue, which is, and, and this will be done inside the microscope. So this is super exciting because this is going to be the first time that AI is being deployed inside the microscope. And uh, so yeah, we're, we're super excited about it. Okay. But it, it, but it's not just when it comes to AI, it's not just the deployment of of artificial intelligence inside the microscope, but we're also working with other companies with actual training of AI. And this, this is really interesting because today, the way that algorithms are being trained is uh, there will be a scan of the of WSI, and then a pathologist will, will come in and annotate this, uh, this data. Mm-hmm. So when I remember seeing this uh, probably going a few years ago, uh, it's from Ron Pantanowicz, who's a, he's a pathologist at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Mm-hmm. And he had this nice little sort of, um, it would be almost a cartoon, but it, basically what it, it was called garbage in, garbage out. Where, oh, I can so much relate to that. <laughs> so you have like, imagine, it's not even gigabytes, it's like terabytes and terabytes of clinically useless data. Which mm-hmm. is being pushed into these uh, through the algorithm algorithms, and that's what's being used to to train AI. So th- there's a lot of noise, which is going into the development of these algorithms. So one of the things which are applications which our system is being used for today is also the the collection of data sets for training of AI. And the way that we do this is we collect images on the fly during the workflow, and mm-hmm. We know basically everything about the image. We know the X, Y. We know the uh, you can know the slide label. We know the objective, and we're basically able to take all the information uh, of the pathologist or, or, or of the like maybe the metadata, and then tie that in with the action or the workflow of the pathologist. So let's say the pathologist is looking at a slide and stops and at a four X and stops for a second. So an image will be taken, and there'll be a score given based on I guess relatively low importance because uh, it was just a second stop, like a stop made for a second at a low band computation. But if mm-hmm. a pathologist um, 
let's say changes from uh, a 10 to a 20 or makes an annotation or saves an image or mm -hmm. whatever any every every action is able to be translated into an image taken and a relative score based on perceived value or importance of the of the action of the pathologist so now what we have is this sort of like uh weighted collection of annotations exactly and it's all being done in real time so and and on the fly so it's a very low cost but very highly efficient in terms of time and in terms of the value of the of the uh of the image and but all, and, and then at the same time very low data usage because we're only taking an individual image we're not scanning so you take all this together we're able to build up data sets which could also be annotated uh and then used for training ai so i, I think that this is really exciting there's a number of um, organizations which are using this application today for training algorithms mm -hmm. okay well it's novel as well great anything else that you want to tell our listeners that i didn't ask so far uh well let's see there, there is a lot of uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot that we didn't go into might have to have another session in the future to discuss you them. definitely keep me updated with the results of your project and i will be more than happy to talk again about particular particular things that we didn't touch today this is just a general overview um what the company is doing and and mm -hmm. how it came to being but we just stay in touch and we just do another episode together Excellent. one, one more thing before we go tell the listeners where they can find you online to learn more, more about the augmentics and about the company's offer okay so augmentics.com that's uh, the company's website there's uh, also if for information in particular to I guess telepathology for in the field of toxicologic pathology. So there's a study which has already been published in uh, both the uh, Journal of Toxicologic Pathology and the I think it's the Japanese Society of Toxicologic Pathology. Both uh, both of them have a uh, an article, a peer-reviewed article published over there. Mm -hmm. And I will put these in the show notes as well. The links to the articles. Mm -hmm. And uh, soon uh, there should be some publications coming out in the in the field of the clinical pathology for for different studies which are being performed at a number of hospitals uh, in the states today. Okay, great. Thank you so much for talking to me and uh, for accepting my invitation. And um, I wish you all the best and have a great day. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Okay. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening. For more great digital pathology resources, visit the Digital Pathology Consulting website and subscribe to our newsletter on digitalpathologyconsulting.com. After subscribing, you will get access to the free annotation guidelines, which will help you annotate slides consistently in all your digital pathology projects. Talk to you in the next episode.